In the Gita, Krishna tells us that everything in this world is non-permanent. It is illusory. Therefore, a devotee of the Lord who is on the true path of Krishna consciousness does not take seriously any of the events of this world. He only takes one thing seriously, how he is engaging in the humble service of the Lord and his devotees. The non-permanent appearance of happiness and distress in this world are not taken seriously by such a devotee. Because where there is happiness is the seed of distress. You cannot separate one from the other. This is the nature of this material condition of life. Therefore, one who strives for the temporary conditions of material life, according to the Garga Upanishad, Yova etad aksharam gargi abadit lashmal praitisha kripana, he is most unfortunate because this human form of life affords the most valuable opportunity of self-realization. And to utilize this human form of life for those things which were available for the dogs and the hogs and the cats is a great sorrowful waste. It is like if someone gives you something most valuable and you, because you do not understand its value you use it for something which is uh, so worthless it is practically offensive. It's like Srila Prabhupada tells the story about a very poor man and he had practically no money and he was sitting on the side of the road and he would just get these nuts, walnuts, cashews and he would have a stone and he would break the nuts and then he would sell them for how much can you make? He only had a few. So somebody gave him a beautiful diamond which was worth crores of rupees. So he was using it to crack his nuts to get a few pieces. We laugh, silly story, but it is the story of our lives. The only difference is this human form of life is billions of times more valuable than any precious diamond. And what are we using it for? The same foolish things that are available for the animals. A nice place to sleep, nice things to eat, some nice family condition of mating, and defending what we have. Atato Brahma Jigyasa. This human form of life is the opportunity for self-realization, to realize God. 
This human life is such a gift. It is so precious, so valuable. We can never understand. To even utilize one moment of it for any other purpose is sorrowful. So therefore, Krishna explains that the devotees of the Lord, they are not very concerned with heat or cold, happiness or distress, honor or dishonor. They are only concerned with one thing. Are they pleasing Krishna? In the Bhagavatam it is explained uh, that whatever one's occupational duty may be, if in the end it is not pleasing to Krishna, then there is no purpose, there is no value. A devotee's only concern is, how am I pleasing Krishna? And such a person can tolerate anything in the service of the Lord. We see in this material world how people are so much caught up in the temporary conditions. People go to psychiatrists and psychologists just to somehow or other alleviate the anxieties of their minds because they take this world so seriously. The gains and the losses, the successes and the failures, the pleasures and the pains. Krishna explains, like the summer and winter seasons, they're going to come and go. Why become disturbed by these things? Tam's tatiksha svabharata. Tatiksha means someone who is not disturbed, someone who simply tolerates. Tolerate the pleasures, tolerate the pains for a higher purpose. Then you can be peaceful. In this way, Prahlad Maharaj explained that if you want to be happy in this world, simply stop trying to be happy in this world. Because all anxieties, all pains, all sufferings are due to this fruitless endeavor for material enjoyment. Make the object of your activities, make your object of your direction in life in all levels for the pleasure of Krishna. If you water the root of the tree, the whole tree is automatically nourished. But if we try to make so many adjustments for all the little details of our life, ultimately we will just dry up. And this is the great power of maya to somehow or other divert our attention away from the goal of life. To somehow or other put so many things, so many obstacles, so many attractions to divert our attention away from Krishna. And everywhere we find, on every level, Maya is coming for this purpose only, to just capture our mind and capture our senses. to put us in this condition of hankering for those things that we don't have and lamenting for those things that are lost. Right? In this way we go through our entire life hankering and lamenting, fearing those things which are inevitable. According to our karma, 
we are due so much happiness and so much distress. We have created that karma for ourselves. So why should we fear? Just let it be. And in that condition, transcend karma by surrender to Krishna. Sarva dharaman purityajya mam ekam sharanam purucha aham tvam sarva bhavhevyo moksha yishami masucha This is Krishna consciousness. Therefore, Krishna explains that the non-permanent appearance and happiness and distress in this world, heat, cold, pleasure, pain, are like the appearance and disappearance of the winter and summer seasons. One must learn to tolerate them without being disturbed. How this external energy of Mahamaya is working it's something wonderful. I remember our Guru Maharaj, he used to explain to us how Maya is as powerful as Krishna because she is Krishna's energy. And Mahamaya is the deluding potency. Deluding means trying to reconfirm the illusion that I am this body and I am the enjoyer and I am the controller. But that same energy in the spiritual world of Yogamaya is always making wonderful arrangements to help us increase our devotion to Krishna, increase our remembrance of Krishna. But in the material world, Mahamaya is an energy that is constantly trying to decrease our devotion to service. To Krishna, decrease our remembrance of Krishna. It's like we were recently in a place called Sanket in Vrindavan, and there <clears throat> it's a beautiful forest. It's a very confidential forest in Krishna's Lila, and there is a wonderful temple of Sanket Devi. She's a the Murti, who is the presiding guide, goddess of Sanket, that particular area of Vrajadham. It is located between Barasana and Nandagaon. Nandagaon is the village where Lord Sri Krishna was living, and Barasana was the village where Sri Radharani was living. And the whole um, spirit of the lives of all the devotees was to somehow or other give pleasure to Radha and Krishna. Somehow or other to bring them together to enjoy. And the Gaudiya Vaishnavas, they never aspire to be enjoyed by Krishna directly, but they simply want to assist in Krishna's enjoyments with Sri Radharani, his eternal pleasure potency. And Sanket Devi, she is the Yogamaya potency. The same potency whom in the material world makes all arrangements for us to forget the goal of life, to forget Krishna. But in the spiritual world, she makes all arrangements to simply give pleasure to Krishna and increase the remembrance of everyone's life. In order for Radha and Krishna to meet, she would make so many wonderful arrangements because yoga maya means nature. 
Maya means the nature. Mahamaya is this physical nature. Yoga Maya means the spiritual nature. So when Radha and Krishna would be in their separate homes, they would have to come out at night to meet. So how would they meet? What were the signals? This was the duty of Sanket Devi, to make all nice arrangements. Sometimes they would look at the moon, waiting for the signal, and on the moon would appear a beautiful smiling face. They would realize, ah, this, is, this means the time we are supposed to meet. In this way, the whole nature of the spiritual world is simply for the enjoyment of Krishna and for the increase of the devotion of all the devotees. <clears throat> but that same energy in this material world is constantly putting obstacles, problems in our lives. So many times we hear, yes, I will become very serious about Krishna consciousness, but just after I finish this present stage of my development in life, first I have to solve this problem. First I have to pay these debts. First I have to get my children married. First I have to um, establish my business so that it is secure. Then I will be Krishna conscious. This is Maya's great, great potency. That moment after moment, she's deluding us to think that in the next moment I will be Krishna conscious. But factually, there is only one moment that exists, and that is now. And there's only t one time we can ever become Krishna conscious, and that is now, the present moment. The past and the future do not exist. So Maya is always trying to take our consciousness away from the present moment and put our spiritual life sometime in the future and put something else to occupy our consciousness now. And in this way, Maya is diluting the whole creation. And we are constantly thinking like this, tomorrow. Yes, I know this is the goal of life. I'm doing some puja, some chanting, but as far as really becoming serious and calling out for Krishna's mercy and as seriously taking advantage of the association of sadhus, now it's not the time. I have so many duties to perform. But the nature of this world is there is always going to be an excuse why not to surrender to Krishna. There will always be a reason why to put it off till tomorrow. And at the time of death, the person will think, so unfortunately, that now my life has passed, everything is finished, everything is, I have worked so hard for is gone. What do I have left? Only an empty heart. That's all I have left, an empty heart. And I can no longer put it off till tomorrow because today is the last day and there's nothing here. All my capital has been misspent. And this is how almost everyone in this world is born, lives, and dies.
Therefore, this is the importance of hearing in the association of the devotees of the Lord. In the eagerness to hear, we must be very seriously striving to extract from these words, which are descending from God Himself, the inspiration to deepen the process of purification in our life. It's all over the world, especially in India, people attend spiritual discourses because they're enjoyable, they're entertaining, they're fun. Some people go to movies, some people go to pravachan. Or in the same way, the chanting of bhajans and kirtans. There are so many professional bhajans and kirtan singers who have melodious voices and wonderful musicians and they sing about Krishna and people are entertained by that. It's fun and it has a spiritual theme so in that way it gives us some sense of piety in our life which makes life even more enjoyable. But this is not at all what the scriptures or the sadhus recommend. We should chant the holy name of the Lord, we should hear the message of the Lord for our spiritual purification. Therefore, we should not be the slightest bit interested in professional reciters or professional singers because the name of God is not truly manifesting from their lips. The name of God can only truly manifest from someone who is dedicating their lives in God's service. We can be entertained, but we will not become purified. And when we come to hear the glories of the Lord, we should come with an eagerness to want to become purified, to want to learn how I can better my life in Krishna's service. And when we come to the kirtan of the Lord, we should be thinking how I can absorb this pure sound vibration coming from the pure lips of a good devotee so that I can emanate that sound vibration within my own heart and become purified. This is what Krishna consciousness is. This is what Sanatana Dharma is. Shukadev Goswami, he spoke. What was his qualification? That he was a surrendered devotee, seriously striving and struggling for perfection. Huh? And he attained perfection. Therefore, this is really the great gift that God has given us in this human form of life. It's the opportunity to hear and chant the glories of the Lord in the association of sincere people who are striving for perfection in their spiritual life. And there is nothing more important. Krishna warns us that Maya will be constantly giving us some other alternative. Whenever she gives you another alternative, know that it is a deadly, deathly trap. To take care of our responsibilities in this world is the natural <clears throat> duty 
of every living being. But the supreme duty should never be neglected. And that is to sincerely hear and chant the glories of the Lord in the association of sincere souls. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. And whatever comes into our life, it will come and go like the changing of the winter and summer seasons. We should not be upset, disturbed, or elated by these things. We should simply be elated by Krishna, by hearing his glories, by chanting his names, by serving his devotees. Thank you very much. Is there any questions? Sometimes the devotee has to take risks. That he is within the heart of every living being as the Paramatma. Witness of everything. It also says in Gita, everywhere are my hands and legs, my eyes and ears, my faces. Krishna sees everything, he hears everything, he tastes everything, he feels everything. Therefore, he is the witness of everything that exists. <coughs> there is a common play on words to try to baffle people's minds that if a tree falls in the forest and there's no one to hear it, has it made a sound? Hmm? The answer is that Krishna hears everything, everywhere. You cannot think without Krishna hearing your thought. He is the witness. You can never cheat Krishna because he is the witness of everything that exists. He is the assenter, the support, and the enjoyer. You cannot, without his sanction, you cannot do anything. The evil, demoniac person cannot engage in his misdeeds without the sanction of God. And the pious devotee cannot engage in any activity without the sanction of God. Krishna allows us to use our independence according to our desire. But we cannot do anything without his power, without his mercy, without his permission. Huh? Of course, he has also created the laws of karma, so that the good things you do, he, he sanctions the ability for you to do it, but then you must be punished or in, rewarded accordingly. That is the law of karma. He is also the support in that everything that exists is being nourished by Krishna. The food that we eat, the air that we breathe, the sunlight from the sky. We cannot survive for even a moment without the grace of God. Therefore, he is the support of everything that exists in everyone. And he is also the enjoyer. This is the most important, which means we are meant to be enjoyed by him. We are not the enjoyer. We are not meant to be the enjoyer. We are meant to be enjoyed by that silent witness who is within our hearts. Therefore, everything we should do should be in harmony with his pleasure, with his desire, with his instruction. Krishna came to speak the Gita in order to tell us, to give us the information by which we could always live in harmony with his desire. 
Everyone has their opinion of what is God's desire. And nobody's opinion is worth anything except one person's, God. His opinion is worth everything. And everyone else's opinion is worth nothing. Hmm? Everyone has their opinion in this day and age. Kali Yuga means where religion is whatever you want it to be. Huh? This is Kali Yuga. Well, I think God is like this, and I feel God wants this. Everyone has their opinion of God and what he wants and what he likes. But there's only one authority, and that is God. And therefore the Lord comes and speaks in this world. In the Ramayana we find Sri Ram explaining exactly what he wants and how he wants it done by everyone, all classes of men. In the Bhagavad Gita, Lord Sri Krishna has come and he explains as according to what particular varna or ashram you are in in life, how to please him, how to live in harmony with him, how to give enjoyment to him. Huh? So therefore we must accept the word of God through the scripture, Guru Sadhu Shastra. The Guru and the Sadhus, whatever they speak is on the basis of the Shastra. <clears throat> but the difference between the Guru and the Sadhu, in essence they are one and the same. But the Guru and the Sadhu teach us how to apply that teaching to our daily life according to the time and place we are living. Huh? So therefore, we should know that our true support is coming through Guru Sadhu Shastra, coming through the Word of God. Everything we do should be sanctioned by Guru Sadhu Shastra, the Word of God coming through the great souls. And we should know that that witness who is within our heart he is the one who will give us the power to follow his instruction if we so humble ourselves and desire to do so. Bhoktaram Jagatapasam Sarva Loka Maheshwaram. Krishna says in Gita that I am the supreme proprietor of everything that exists. I am the object of all sacrifice. I am the best well-wishing friend of all living beings and I am the supreme enjoyer. I am meant to be the enjoyer of everything you do. It's like we were speaking earlier, whatever we do, its value is only in as much it is pleasing Krishna. Hmm? Is there any other questions? <clears throat>